This is your morning wake-up call on Sports Country. Grab a cup of coffee and hang with us every weekday morning for the latest news, sports, and other things going on around the world and in your backyard. Now, here's your host, Gene Gums. Good morning, everybody. It is six minutes past nine o'clock here in Middletown, Connecticut. Welcome to a Thursday morning wake-up call on Sports Country Radio. Appreciate you spending some time with us this morning. Got lots to talk about. The trades are starting to heat up around Major League Baseball. We've got plenty of those to talk about. Uh, Red Sox involved in a whole bunch of rumors. Don't know what they're going to do. I don't. I still don't expect a big splash by Boston at this trade deadline. You know, uh, but Max Scherzer's name has been thrown around, but Max Scherzer has made it clear if he does get traded, he wants to pitch on the West Coast. He is uh, a guy that has a full no trade. So, And he's already said, I'm not going to New York. So there's no chance that he's going to the Mets or the Yankees. But he has made it clear that he'd like to go to the West Coast. So uh, I, I think the Red Sox are out on Max, which is fine. I mean, it'd be cool, but it's fine. Um, the latest big rumor for the Red Sox uh, is Craig Kimbrell. Uh, there was a story in the Boston Globe this morning. Matt Barnes was asked about it since he's the current Red Sox closer, and he said he'd welcome it. Uh, he said he actually made a joke with Alex Cora. said, hey, uh, it's going to be an awkward conversation when you have to tell Craig Kimbrell he's pitching the eighth inning. But he was joking, and, and he and Kimbrell are actually good friends, and Kimbrell was a big mentor to Barnes. Uh, so, and you know, there's some talk that Barnes would lose money because of number of games closed, all that other stuff. He said, Hey, look, he said, you know, at the end of the day, we have a better chance to win a world series. And by the way, I get a bonus if we win the world series. So that could kind of offset things. Uh, so that's, that's the, uh, uh, the rumor mill as far as the Red Sox go, but the Yankees, and this is why, you know, you wonder if today the Red Sox will make some kind of a move because the Yankees made a big one last night. Now, it's not finalized yet. It's one of those uh, reports are, uh, sources tell you, but according to several different people, the Yankees have reached an agreement to acquire Joey Gallo from the Texas Rangers. Uh, Gallo, of course, an all-star. He's 27 years old. I'll tell you, you know, here's the thing with Gallo. He, hits, he does hit a lot of home runs. But he strikes out a lot. Uh, doesn't hit for a high average. Sound familiar? It sounds a lot like a lot of other guys that the New York Yankees have. Uh, but the one advantage that they have with a guy like Gallo is he is a very good outfielder. Very good. Gold glove outfielder. Uh, now, it's going to be different for him because if he comes into Yankee Stadium, he's going to be in left field, not right. They're not going to move Aaron Judge, I don't think. So that would mean that uh, Gallo goes to left while Judge stays in his normal spot in right field. Um, but it, it's huge for the Yankees with that short porch in right field and to have a lefty bat with that kind of a power. Jesus, stuff that would be a uh, uh, you know a fly ball, medium fly ball in Texas is probably going to go out of Yankee Stadium. 
Uh, and they don't have a lot of big lefty bats. You know, when your lefty bats are Rugnet Odor and Brett Gardner, you know you got trouble. So uh, this will be huge for the Yankees. Now, they're eight and a half back of Boston. They've got a lot of work left to do. But, you know, if you're the Yankees, I don't even think the Yankees are concerned about catching the Red Sox. Yankees are concerned about the wild card. And right now, the Yankees are two and a half back of the second wild card. So, you know, that's where their focus is right now. You know, right now, the number one wild card would be the Oakland Athletics. And believe it or not, the Seattle Mariners right now are in the number. Well, actually, no, the uh, the 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 Rays would be the number two wild card. But the Seattle Mariners are actually ahead of the Yankees as far as the wild card race goes. So the Yankees have to catch them as well. So but this is a huge, huge acquisition. Uh, now, Gallo is uh, under control for next year as well. So this is a guy that will be with the Yankees uh, going forward. He has struggled since the All-Star break. He just hit his first home run on Tuesday night in Texas. Did not play last night for Texas. They pulled him out of the lineup prior to the game, and they said for non-medical reasons, which tells you right there, that he's been traded. Um, but he's just 3-for-34 in the 11 games since the All-Star break with just that one homer the other night. Uh, he's only hitting 223. He's not going to hit for a high average. I think his career batting average is something like uh, 211. But it's also he's also a guy that has hit 40 bombs twice in his seven-year big league career. So definitely frightening. If you're the Red Sox, the good news is you've already what you've already played the majority of your games against the Yankees. Uh, but certainly, that has to get the attention of the Red Sox. You know, and really, to me, you know, I talked about, did a podcast last night. To me, the Red Sox don't need Max Scherzer. Would it be nice to get another starting pitcher? Yeah, but I just think it's going to be too expensive for Boston. And with Chris Sale coming, with Tanner Houck up now, you know, I think the Red Sox need to make a decision. I actually think I would not mind the Red Sox seeing if they could, and I don't know that anybody would want them, but Jesus, see see if you can get a bag of balls for Garrett Richards who pitched for the Red Sox yesterday. Get him the hell out of town. You know, seriously. I, I, but I don't, and they always say you can never have too much pitching, but I don't think the Red Sox need to go out and spend a ton of money or mortgage their future to go out and get Max Scherzer or any other, you know, or uh, Jose Barrios, because those guys are going to be expensive. You know, I think with the addition of Sale and Hauk to that rotation, along with Erod, Evaldi, and Nick Pavetta, I think the Red Sox will be just fine. Now, you know, there's always a chance somebody's going to get hurt, and then you need Garrett Richards and Martin Perez, but they're good insurance. You know, if I'm Boston, you know, I'd, I'd rather see the Craig Kimball acquisition, to be honest with you. And they don't have to keep Kimball for next year. He's got a big salary hit for next year, but it's a club option. So they could elect to just let him go to free agency. You know, if he gets him a World Series this year, maybe they look at it differently. I don't know. But I'd rather see them at a bullpen piece or potentially a platoon first base piece. 
Uh, a guy like, I'll tell you, and Eric Hosmer has been rumored to be uh, being shot by San Diego because he's making a lot of money and, you know, but I, I don't even want Eric Hosmer. He's too expensive. I'll tell you the guy I'd like to see him get, Jonathan Scope from the Detroit Tigers. Can play first, can play second. He's only 29 years old. He's having a hell of a year. He's hitting, I think, 300. And he's only owed like $2 million bucks for the rest of the year. The Red Sox can get that underneath, the, stay underneath the salary cap for $2 million bucks. The Kimbrel thing becomes a lot more complicated. If they want to get Kimbrel, you know, they got to see if they can get the Cubs to to eat a lot of that salary. And that was and that would depend directly on what kind of a prospect uh, that the Red Sox are going to give uh, in the other direction. So we'll see. But uh, it'll be curious today. I'll be watching the the wire all day to see if the Red Sox try to make a corresponding move to keep up with not just the Yankees, but of course the Rays, who made the acquisition for. Nelson Cruz, you know, so both those teams have added big bats. The Red Sox scoring runs by and large hasn't been a problem, although it has been a bit more of a problem of late. That first base issue has become troublesome with Bobby Dahlbeck hitting just like 160 against right-handed pitchers. He's hitting 100 points higher against lefties, but that's become a bit of a concern. You know, and well, you know, Marwin Gonzalez is coming back. Oh, so pardon me if I don't get too excited. And Danny Santana's on his way back. Oh, you know, again, you know, there's this flexibility was this great thing that the Red Sox were going to have. Except the problem is when Marwin Gonzalez and and uh, you know Danny Santana have combined to hit under 200, that's not necessarily the answer either. So we'll see. Other big news uh, from yesterday, the Oakland Athletics with a big splash. They get Starling Marte from the Miami Marlins. Starling Marte is a very good outfielder, is an outstanding hitter. He's been in the league for 10 years, 32 years old. He is probably, you know, the best overall position player available on the market. You know, you can say what you want about Anthony Rizzo and Chris Bryant. You know, Starling Marte, in terms of the combination of offense and defense, was probably the best position player on the market, and the A's got him. And the A's need him. You know, uh, again, this is the thing with the A's. They've got to stay ahead of uh, everybody else for the wild card, and, you know, they may not be able to catch Houston. Houston's just too good. And Houston's made some moves to bolster that bullpen as well. Uh, they made another move yesterday, getting Yimmy Garcia from the Marlins as well. So Derek Jeter has opened up the uh, uh, the yard sale down in Miami. But, you know, the A's are mired like in the middle of the pack in terms of offensive production in Major League Baseball. I think they're 15th and they're averaging just over four runs a game. This is a huge addition for them as well. Uh, and to, to get them, they gave up Jesus Lazardo. Now, my initial reaction, and I, and I said this last night on the uh, – on the podcast, the boys of summer that I did, um, I was surprised. Lazardo's only 23 years old. Now, in his first two years in the big leagues, I mean, the first year was a very small sample size, but last year in that shortened season, he was very good. Now, this year, he remember he had that bizarre uh, accident that landed him on the injured list, but playing a video game and slamming his hand on the table, he ends up on the injured list for a while. And since coming back, he's been awful. His ERA is, you know, well over six, closer to seven than six. And they sent him down to the minors uh, a couple of weeks ago, and he's been hideous there as well. So I don't know if it's related to what happened to him with the, uh, you know, the the pre 
season accident with the, uh, <laughs> the video games or what. But this is a guy that's 23 and was a bright star, and they just gave up on him. Now, they got Starling Marte, but it's a rental. Starling Marte, now he might st- sign there, but he's a free agent at the end of the year. And the A's have just uh, pulled the plug on Jesus Lazardo, which really, really surprised me. Uh, and it could turn out to be a brilliant move by Kim Ang and, uh, and Derek Jeter. You know, and it's, it was funny. I was thinking about this yesterday. I said, you know, uh, Kim Ang, who became the first female general manager in Major League Baseball, has been very aggressive at this trade deadline. So good for her. And uh, she has shown that she might be the first woman uh, to hold that position, but that doesn't mean she's going to be some kind of a shrinking violet. She is out there uh, making moves, so good for her. As I mentioned, Yimmy Garcia also goes yesterday. He goes to the Astros. The Astros have now acquired Garcia, uh, Kendall Graveman from the Mariners, uh, as well as Rafael Montero from the Man- Mariners, and Pedro Baez, who signed with them in the offseason, who's been struggling and uh, been battling all kinds of injuries. He's actually on a rehab assignment right now with their AAA team. He's coming back. So all of a sudden, this Mariners or this Astros bullpen, which has been a train wreck for most of the season, looks really, really solid. And you add that to the offensive they've put up. Um, And uh, if you're Oakland, you can see why they wanted to make that acquisition for some more offense because uh, they're going to have a hard time uh, matching pace with those Houston Astros. Uh, other deal from yesterday, Michael Givens went to the Cincinnati Reds. So the Reds have also added a, a few relievers. They got Luis Sessa the other night from the New York Yankees. Sessa, who has been really good for the Yankees. But the Yankees were a salary dump with him and uh, Justin Wilson. They they dumped uh, about $2 million in salary with those two guys, and that's going to make up uh, for the money that they have to pay Joey Gallo. Gallo's owed about $2.5 million for the rest of the year. So it'll keep the Yankees under the luxury tax threshold, and you would think that that would mean the Yankees are done. But now Michael Givens uh, goes from the Rockies to the Reds, so their bullpen has become better. And Givens this year, he's 31 years old, guy used to pitch for uh, the Baltimore Orioles, um, had a 2.73 ERA in 29 and two-thirds innings for Colorado. And, you know, thinking about that, you're you know he's pitching in Colorado. Uh, strikeout rate of 27%. I mean, he's just been dynamite. So a good acquisition for the Cincinnati Reds as well. Uh, obviously, a lot more to come. Trade deadline, 4 o'clock tomorrow afternoon. So we'll see uh, uh, what else is in the offing. Uh, one other Major League Baseball note from yesterday. I'm sure you all know by now, but there was a, a cancellation uh, the, between the Nationals and the Phillies because of, you guessed it, COVID. Four Nationals players, eight staffers, test positive, so they pulled the plug on the game. It's the ninth game that's been called off this year because of the coronavirus. Contrast this to last year, they had 45 games postponed, and all but two of those were eventually made up. I assume this one will be made up as well. Um, but uh, Trey Turner tested positive. They did not announce the other three players, but as actually said, it was also eight staffers as well. So it's running through there. you know. And the thing is, is that, it's not even a matter of vaccinations at this point. Uh, you know, the Nationals reached that 85% threshold in May. You know, um, so whether Trey Turner was vaccinated or not, whether these other three players were vaccinated or not, we don't know. But what they've said is that the symptoms that these guys have is more like a head cold. So it sounds like 
uh, they probably were vaccinated because the vaccinated people that do still end up getting some version of it, it's a much uh, milder, watered-down version. You know, as he said, the, you know, I, I mentioned this yesterday, 99% of the people that have passed away from the coronavirus since the first week of June, 99% of them have all been unvaccinated. You know, and uh, so basically what's what's going on now with the CDC and, and, and the mass mandates coming back again is that they're asking us that have been vaccinated to uh, take care of the people that are too stubborn to not get vaccinated. I know there's a handful that, that aren't vaccinated because of health reasons and they can't do it, but that's one thing. But the people that are just refusing to get it out of principle, we're being told that we're basically having to take care of people that refuse to get the shot. And that is maddening for a lot of people. No question about it. Um, all right, before we get to last night's game, one programming note. Uh, I, uh, I talked to Jim Forbes yesterday. A uh, former member of the 1972 U.S. Olympic basketball team. He is going to join us on Monday's show. I'm actually going to tape the interview with him this weekend. Uh, he's down in El Paso. He's also a high school teacher. They're back in school. So getting him on live is going to be impossible because he's actually teaching at a time when uh, uh, when uh, we would have him on the show. So we are going to tape something with him on Saturday, and we will have him on the show on Monday morning. I am really looking forward to that. That should be fun. Uh, and again, Matt Corey of Sox Outsider is going to join us tomorrow morning in the 9.30 half hour. Really looking forward to that as well, uh, to get his take on what's going on in the trade deadline around Major League Baseball. All right, yesterday's games. Red Sox uh, split a doubleheader with the Toronto Blue Jays on the face of it. You know, you say, okay, we'll take it. I mean, and there's no question, if you're the Red Sox, you'll take it. What you didn't want was to get swept. However, there is no doubt that it was frustrating if you are a Red Sox fan. They lose the first game 4-1. to one. It was a game that was eminently winnable. Uh, Robbie Ray got the start for Toronto and, you know, you look at his final line, he went six innings, five hits, a run, struck out eight, walked three, and you go, hmm, pretty good start. However, the Red Sox let him wiggle off the hook. They could have had him out of the game in the second inning. The Red Sox loaded the bases with nobody out and they couldn't score. Uh, Ray comes back to strikes out Chavis. He strikes out Kike Hernandez, and he gets Rafi Devers to fly to center. So from three on and nobody out to getting absolute bupkis. Frustrating as all get out. And, you know, let's be honest. If the Red Sox had won that one, it would have been a steal because the Red Sox had Garrett Richards on the mound, and Garrett Richards is just hideous. Four innings, eight hits, four runs. Struck out. He only struck out two, walked one, gave up two bombs, one to Randall Gritchick in the fourth, uh, and then a solo shot to uh, George Springer in the fifth. That was the end of Garrett Richards. Um, you know, and Richards after the game will be like, you know, well, you know, I had some good ones. I had some bad ones. And uh, look, here's the deal. This And these numbers don't, numbers don't lie. In his last nine starts, Garrett Richards' ERA is 7.18. In his last nine starts, opponents are hitting three. 46 off of him. How Garrett Richards can stand in front of the media and still be, uh, you know, glasses half full 
about his stuff is mind-boggling. And how the Red Sox can continue to throw this tomato can out there every five days also boggles the mind. You know, and they they brought Tanner Houck up, and they're going to go with the six-man rotation for a little. Stop. Don't. Get him out of the damn rotation. Just stop. Garrett Richards makes Martin Perez look like Cy Young. I mean, oh, my Lord. He is just brutal. He's got to go. And, yeah, I get it. And, I, as I said, you can never have enough pitching. You know what? He is my, uh, in case of emergency, break the glass pitcher. I'm not using him from now on unless the damn building is on fire. Get him out. Good Lord. I, you know, and look, we all know what it is. It means that the only reason he had any success in his career is because he was allowed to cheat using all that sticky stuff. It's the only way that he could compete. And as soon as they took his pacifier away from him, he stunk. Guess what? All the other pitchers have figured out. You notice how we don't hear a lot of grief anymore about the sticky stuff? About how we don't have a lot of whining around Major League Baseball. It's kind of been a forgotten thing. You know why? Because guys have figured out how to pitch without it. Garrett Richards has not. And whether that means he's a mental midget or whether it just means he was the equivalent of a steroids pitcher that if you're not cheating, you're not any good. You know, ask. You know what? And I was thinking about this too. Remember. Um, the closer for the Los Angeles Dodgers. I'm trying. The name is escaping me at the moment, but he set the major league record for consecutive saves back in uh, in the 90s. And then you come to find out he was using steroids. And as soon as he failed the steroids test and he stopped using them, not long after that he was out of baseball. Why can't I think of his name right now? It's terrible. It's, it's you know his whole getting old thing's a bitch. Um, but anyway. This is what Garrett Richards is. You take away the, the stuff that allowed him to cheat, and he's no longer any good. Please, God, please. No, no, not, no not please, God. God doesn't really have time to deal with the Boston Red Sox pitching problems. Uh, please, Alex Cora. Please, Haim Bloom. Stop the madness and get him out. Whether it's releasing him, and I'm serious, you know, or putting him in the bullpen and you use him in games where you're either getting drilled or you're up by a million runs. Other than that, get them out. You know, there's some guys in that bullpen that you could DFA to make room for him. You could get rid of Matt Andrees, shoot him into the sun. You could get rid of Brandon Workman, shoot him to the moon. You could throw Brent, you know, and throw Garrett Richards back in the bullpen as your emergency guy. But please stop sending him out on the mound to start games. Oh. Now, the second game of the doubleheader, much more enjoyable, and not just because of the win. The second game was more enjoyable because the Red Sox threw Tanner Houck out there, who throws strikes. Now, he only went four innings because the pitch count got up a little high. They're not going to push him because he's a young kid. He had some time on the injured list this year, but 75 pitches, 50 for strikes, four innings, two hits, one run. Struck out seven, only walked one. Garrett Whitlock with two strong innings. Matt Barnes pitches the ninth. 
and uh, they win a, a five hitter, four to one. And the highlight of the night, Jaron Duran. Now look, Jaron Duran has not done a lot since he's come up. We've seen, you know, he's only hitting one seventy two. He's only been up for a short time, but. You know, there has been talk about his power. There has been talk about his speed, and the speed is real. Last night, he hits a shot out to center field, uh, kind of towards right center, towards the triangle, out towards the garage door out there, and uh, motors all the way around the bases, slides in and home just ahead of the throw. What was originally ruled an inside-the-park home run was later changed to a triple and an error, and there was a bobble in center field by George Springer. Uh, and frankly, if Jaron Duran's not the guy running, you know, they don't score, and there's no error charged. But because of that speed of Duran, and, you know, Springer knew who was running, so he tried to rush it and, and you know, bobbled the ball. And if he picks that up cleanly and there's, a you know, a good exchange, they're probably he's probably thrown out at the plate. But instead, he comes all the way around the bases, slides in, and the Red Sox uh, take the 4-1 lead. Boy, he was that was <laughs> fun. No other way to put it. It was his only hit of the night, uh, but uh, it was a big one. And and uh, I, I look. And you know what? I, I want him to keep throwing him out there because he did this you know, they were protecting him early. Remember, they were only throwing him in against right-handed hitters because he's a lefty. You know what? He hit a left-hander last night. You know, and uh, even the out he made was a solid one. So just throw him out there every day, please. Let's just see what he's got. You know, I, I, you know, I, I understand Major League Baseball is a, you know, we, we, there's a lot of platooning that goes on these days, but let's let this kid play every day because even if he doesn't, you know, hit 300. Let's see, even if he hits 250, with his speed, he's going to be a difference maker. He's going to force defenders to try to do things faster than they normally would. He's going to force errors like he did last night with George Springer. So please, just let him play. So those, those, that's my wish today for, uh, for the Red Sox. Uh, get rid of Garrett Richards out of the rotation and let Jaron Duran play every day. And I, I think that... Uh, I think positive things are going to happen. And look, the Red Sox, uh, with the split and some help from the Yankees, now have a two and a half game lead in the East, eight and a half over the Yankees, ten and a half over the Blue Jays. Uh, another game today. Erod will take the hill for the Red Sox today. It will be interesting to see how he is uh, after leaving after just one inning in his last start because of migraine symptoms. Hopefully, he's okay. And the Red Sox end up taking three out of four in this series. And uh, things are going to be looking pretty rosy uh, in Boston. By the way, the projections are the Red Sox. Uh, I can't remember what group it is, but they say the Red Sox have a 96% chance of making uh, the postseason. You know, they basically would have to just totally collapse. Uh, 23 games over 500. That ties their season high for games over 500. The winners of 7 of 10 and uh, so far three out of uh, two out of three in this series. So uh, big one today. Hopefully E-Rock can get it done. It's 32 minutes past. Yeah, we're going to take a break. And uh, when we come back, we'll take a look at the uh, Yankees and uh, some other things that happened around Major League Baseball yesterday. You're listening to The Wake Up Call on Sports Country. It's 35 minutes past the hour. Welcome back to The Wake Up Call on a Thursday morning. Hey, we've got breaking news out of the Olympics. And just this is a uh, 
a spoiler alert. If you're going to watch the Olympics tonight and you don't want to know what happened, uh, turn your computer down uh, for a minute. Uh, news out of the Olympics is uh, Suni Lee has won the individual all-around for women's gymnastics. So Simone Biles, who was the overwhelming favorite to catch that, who had pulled out of the team event and then the all-around event, Suni Lee steps up and steps in for Simone Biles and wins the women's individual all-around. She becomes the fifth straight Olympic individual all-around champion from the United States in the Olympics. So congratulations to them. Uh, congratulations to Simone Biles for having the courage to do what she did. She's there cheering her teammate on. Uh, what It must be a great feeling for her to, to know that uh, even though she wasn't able to compete, uh, that her teammate picked her up. So that's great. Uh, great news. Okay, we'll stop talking about that just in case uh, we don't want to Spoil it for anybody that turned their computer down. All right, uh, let's get back to baseball from uh, last night. Um, as I mentioned, the Red Sox with that two-and-a-half game lead. The Yankees do the Red Sox a favor again last night. I'm, I could get used to this. Uh, the Yankees win. Not necessarily a good thing, but the good news was is the Tampa Bay Rays lost. The Yankees come back to beat the Rays 3-1. to one. Uh, In 10 innings, they scored two runs in the top of the 10th off of the Rays bullpen, and uh, Aaron Judge, a pinch-hit RBI single, the difference in this one. Uh, and, uh, look, the Yankees went to Nestor Cortez, made his first start of the season, and he was dynamite. Five innings, three hits and a run, w- struck out five, didn't walk anybody, and then the bullpen, a great job. Litke with a couple of innings, Zach Britton with a scoreless inning, Chad Green, a scoreless inning, and Aroldis Chapman, a scoreless 10th to pick up his 20th save of the season. And uh, Michael Walker pitched well for Tampa as well, but uh, they just could not figure out the pitching for the Yankees last night. The Yankees ended up with seven hits in the game, go to eight games over 500, and uh, their series will conclude tonight. It'll be Garrett Cole against Luis Patino for Tampa Bay. You would have to think the Yankees have the advantage in that one as well. Uh, Cole is 10-5 uh, and five this season. Against Tampa in his career in the regular season, though, he is 1-5 and five with a 3.82 ERA, so he has not always fared well. So you would think the advantage is in the Yankees' corner, but not necessarily. Uh, other news for the Yankees in terms of pitching, Luis Severino is going to pitch a simulated game today. Uh, he is probably a month, maybe three weeks, away from rejoining the Yankees. After the simulated game, they're going to look at uh, if he responds well. Uh, it'll be uh, sending him to the minors to do some rehab starts. Of course, he is recovering from Tommy John surgery, but the Yankees could have some pitching coming along as well, just like the Red Sox are going to get Chris Sale back. The Yankees... Uh, may have Luis Severino back before uh, the stretch run in September. So, uh, again, that's probably why the Yankees concentrated more on adding that big left-handed bat that they needed uh, than going out and getting starting pitching. Uh, The other team in New York, uh, the New York Mets, with a big win last night, they beat the Atlanta Braves 2-1. Brandon Drury, a pinch-hit home run, in the seventh inning, broke a 1-1 tie. And then Michael Conforto, 
a uh, huge assist from the outfield in the ninth inning uh, to uh, cement the lead. Uh, Conforto threw out Abraham Almonte at the plate, and uh, James McCann with a nice catch and a swipe tag uh, to preserve that 2-1 to lead. And uh, Tyler McGill, great start for the Mets last night, pitching on his 26th birthday, goes five and a third innings, five hits and a run. He struck out six. Uh, didn't factor in the decision, but a uh, a good job out of the Mets bullpen. Uh, they get three and two thirds scoreless innings. Edwin Diaz picks up his twenty third save. It was a bit of an adventure in the ninth inning. Uh, Diaz gave up a leadoff double to Almonte and a one out single by uh, Adrianza, and uh, but Conforto saved his bacon and uh, the uh, Mets end up winning it uh, by a final of two to one. Uh, by the way, Jacob Degrom uh, threw yesterday. Still lightly throwing. He's only throwing from 90 feet. He's going to throw another side session today. Uh, they are going to baby this guy. You know, do not expect, if you're a Mets fan, to see Jacob deGrom. Prob- the earliest, I would think, you're going to see him is the middle of August. You know, they have got to make sure this guy is right. You know, their lead in that National League East is tenuous. Now, they've split. Uh, the four games that have been so far in this series, the fifth one is today. Drew Smiley is going to start for the Braves. Taiwan Walker, uh, who has struggled in his last two starts, uh, he's given up 12 runs in his last four and a third innings. His ERA jumped from two and a half to three and a half in his last two starts. Uh, so he'll be looking to turn things around today. Right now, the Mets with a four-game lead over the idle Phillies and five over the Atlanta Braves, who have now fallen back to two games under 500. Um, and, uh, you know, this they, the Mets need this one today, uh, but they'll have their hands full with uh, Drew Smiley. Uh, now, Smiley had a bit of a sore knee, left his last start on Saturday after only four innings, but he did his normal work during the week, and he said he's good to go. So uh, the Mets are going to hope Taiwan Walker uh, can turn things around. The other big series in the National League, we've been talking about it all week. The Dodgers and the Giants. The Giants make, or excuse me, the Dodgers make a huge statement last night as they drill the Giants eight to nothing. Walker Bueller uh, gets the start, moves to eleven and one on the season, lowers his ERA to two point one nine, seven shutout innings, gave up just three hits. He struck out eight, walked two. Uh, Anthony DiScalfani who is having a great year for San Francisco, came in 10-4 and four with an ERA uh, under three, uh, gave up four runs and six hits in just two and two-thirds innings. He's 1-8 in his career against the Dodgers. Uh, oof, brutal. Um, so the Dodgers are now back within two games in the National League West. The Padres lose yesterday, so they remain... Five and a half back. Uh, but this one, uh, you know, look, every time you're ready to say, well, you know, <laughs> Giants Giants are done, uh, they managed to find a way. And we'll see if they can make a statement today uh, in the finale of this series. David Price will get the start for the Dodgers. He's 4-0 with a 3-3-5. He's making his seventh start of the year after starting the season in the bullpen. But the Dodgers are down two starters right now with – uh, Clayton Kershaw down and uh, Trevor Bauer still on the restricted list. I don't think Bauer is going to pitch for the Dodgers again this year. Matter of fact, there's talk that the Dodger players have told management, we don't want him back. Uh, don't don't bring him back here. 
Uh, so David Price may be in that rotation for the rest of the season. And uh, again, with uh, 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 Clayton Kershaw probably a couple of weeks away, uh, they just got to kind of hold serve until he is. But uh, David Price today against Johnny Cueto. Cueto 6-5 and five with a 4.09 ERA. He's got, you know, those six wins. This And this tells you why part of the reason the Giants are doing so well. When they're getting uh, seasons like they've been getting out of DeScalfani, some other guys. Johnny Cueto is another example. Those six wins he has this year are as many as he had combined in the previous three seasons. So uh, a bit of a renaissance for Johnny Cueto, uh, part of the reason why this team has had so much success this year. Uh, I mentioned the Padres still being five and a half out. Well, that's because uh, they lost to the Oakland Athletics yesterday 10-4, to four, and it wasn't that close, folks. Uh, they were down 10 to nothing going into the seventh, bottom of the seventh inning. The Padres scored one in the seventh and three of the ninth to make it look a little bit more respectable, but this game was over quickly. Sean Manaya, six innings, one hit, and one walk. That's it. No runs. He struck out nine. Picked up his eighth win of the season. Blake Snell, another awful start for San Diego. Now, he had a pretty good one his last time out. Well, yesterday, four innings, seven hits, and seven runs. He walked four guys, only struck out one. It raised his ERA to 5.44. Again, I've said it before. I'll say it again. The Tampa Bay Rays knew what they were doing, getting rid of Blake Snell. You know, and maybe they did know what they were doing when they took him out of that World Series game that Kevin Cash has been so criticized for. When you look at what Blake Snell has done since then, it has been awful. There's no other way to put it. Um, but a big uh, day for Mac Chapman. He hits his uh, a three-run homer in the, this one. It was his uh, 13th of the year. The A's pound out 11 hits. And uh, uh, Oakland trying to keep pace with those Houston Astros. Good luck, but a good win for him yesterday as they beat the Padres by a final of 10-4. to I mentioned the Astros. Uh, they whacked the Mariners yesterday by a final of 11-4. to um, and it was Jake Odorizzi, a, you know, fair start. Five and a third innings, three runs. I mean, for Jake Odorizzi this year, that's probably about as good as you're going to get. Picked up his fourth win of the year, uh, and then a good job by the Houston bullpen. Uh, Seattle, Yusei Kikuchi, who got named to his first All-Star game this year, uh, gave up four runs, seven hits in five innings. Uh, he's 0-3 since the All-Star break. So, uh, you know, he falls to 6-6 six and six on the season. His ZRA ticks up over the four mark uh, for the first time in a long time. That was the end of this series. Now the Astros will go on to take on the San Francisco Giants in San Francisco. Framber Valdez is going to get the start today. Uh, he is 6-2 and two with a 2.97, And the Mariners uh, get a bit of a break. They get to play the Texas Rangers, who don't have Joey Gallo anymore. Uh, so if you're, uh, you're Seattle... You're not, too ha- you're not too sad about that trade uh, as Seattle tries to stay in that wild card hunt. They are seven games over 500. They're eight back of Houston. You know, they're not worried about that, but they're only two back of the Oakland Athletics who have the number one wild card right now. It is 46 minutes past. Yeah, we're going to take another break. We're back in a minute. You're listening to the Wake Up Call on Sports Country. There we are. Sorry about that. It is 49 minutes past the hour. Welcome back to the Wake Up Call here on a Thursday morning. A um, couple of more things before we head out of here for the day. 
Uh, Shohei Otani, his 37th home run of the year last night. The Angels uh, come back in this game. They beat the Colorado Rockies yesterday 8-7. to At the end of the day, nobody really cares. Uh, the <laughs> Although the Angels aren't out of it yet. I mean, the Angels actually, are, they're over 500 now. Uh, they've won uh, six, or excuse me, five of the last seven. And they're only five back of the wild card, three back of the second wild card. So they're not out of it. You know, they're actually kind of in the mix uh, with the Yankees, with the Blue Jays, with the Rays, with the Seattle. So, you know, hey, uh, anything can happen, I suppose. But Otani, his 37th, came off of uh, Jesus Tinoco. And uh, it's his third homer in the last four games, including back-to-back games against the Rockies. Uh, Joe Madden yesterday, their ma- his manager said, uh, I don't understand why there's even talk about who the MVP is. It's my guy, Shohei Otani, and it's not close. I disagree, but I, I mean, look, I get it. You know, There's no question Otani's having a great year. He's got his batting average up to 280. Uh, those 37 home runs, obviously uh, eye-popping. 81 runs batted in now, but it is really hard. You cannot ignore what Vlad Jr. has done in Toronto. Now, the one thing I will say is that if this Angels team stays hot, and by the way, they did this yesterday without some pretty big bats in that lineup. Anthony Rendon's on the injured list. We already know Mike Trout's on the injured list. And Jared Walsh, their young first baseman, also on the injured list. So none of those guys played yesterday, and the uh, Angels still found a way to get it done, and obviously Otani right in the middle of that. So, you know, if they stay relevant, I have a much easier time saying, okay, Shohei Otani is the MVP. But And I have said this forever, and I think there should be two awards in Major League Baseball. I think there should be a Most Outstanding Player Award, and a most valuable player award. Mike Trout would be the most outstanding player in baseball year after year after year. But to me, a most valuable player is a guy that contributes to a winning team. A team that without that player would not have been able to have the success that it had. You know, for instance, right now, the Red Sox with the best record in the American League, you would look at that team and say that Raphael Devers is the Red Sox most valuable player. The number of big hits that he has had, the the RBIs, the home runs, he is the most valuable player for Boston. If Boston goes on to make the playoffs, win the American League East and win win in the playoffs, Raphael Devers is the most valuable player in the American League if the Angels don't make the playoffs. I'm sorry. Otani may be the most outstanding player, but that's where I think that, and it may just be semantics. Maybe the award just needs to be renamed instead of MVP. Maybe it should be the MOP, the most outstanding player. You know, because it's just to me, you can't have an MVP on a team that has a losing record or doesn't make the playoffs. It's just my personal opinion. That's not just my opinion. A lot of other people have said the same thing. But, uh, you know, be that as it may, Otani's having a great year. There's no question about it. Um, The White Sox take one on the chin yesterday. They don't lose very often to the Kansas City Royals, but they did yesterday. Uh, The Royals beat them 3-2 in 10 innings. The Royals tie it up uh, on a Salvador Perez uh, homer. 
and then win it on a 10th inning RBI single with two outs by Michael A. Taylor as they come back to beat the White Sox. Uh, Liam Hendricks blew uh, his fifth save of the season, giving up that solo shot to Salvador Perez in the ninth inning to send it into extras. Uh, And then uh, Ryan Burr loses it uh, in extras. A solid start for Chris Bubich for Kansas City. Uh, Scott Barlow ends up getting the win in this one as he pitches a scoreless 10th inning. It was his third win of the season. Look, the uh, White Sox take the loss, but they are in no danger of uh, uh, falling out of contention. They have an eight-and-a-half game lead in the American League Central. Uh, Cleveland is just uh, Justin also ran right now, despite the fact that the Indians get a win yesterday. They beat the St. Louis Cardinals uh, 7-2 to behind Zach Plesak, who gave up just two runs in uh, five innings of work. Uh, did you see the score yesterday? This looked like a football score. I had to, I had to do a double take. Final score out of Minnesota last night. The Detroit Tigers beat the Minnesota Twins 17-14. to 31 runs and 32 hits in this game. And here's the most amazing thing. The Minnesota Twins, in giving up 17 runs, only used three pitchers. Jay Happ got the start, gave up nine runs and ten hits in three innings. Uh, then Burroughs comes in and gives up four more runs in three innings. And then Manaya finishes up by giving up four runs in three innings. Brutal. Uh, Peralta got the start for Detroit. He wasn't very good either. He only lasted three and a third. Uh, he, he outdid half by a, an extra batter, but he gives up six runs. Uh, but then the bullpen uh, settles down for a little bit. Funkhauser and uh, Derek Holland come on to, uh, to get him through the fifth at least. And then... Uh, then it was a bloodbath for the Detroit bullpen in the last four innings. Uh, but they hang on to win this one 17-14. to 14. And again, uh, how about this? How about if you're the Tigers and you score 17 runs and you don't even hit a homer? Zero home runs uh, for the Detroit Tigers. Minnesota hit seven bombs in this game and lost. Miguel Sano had two of them. Unbelievable. Uh, so yeah, that was, uh, but good for the Tigers again, uh, AJ Hinch doing a great job there. They are, uh, now just six games under 500 and, uh, firmly in, in ensconced in, uh, third place in the American league central. That's going to do it for us here this morning. We'll be back tomorrow with another edition of the wake up calls. They said, uh, we'll have, uh, uh, Matt Corey from Sox outsider join us tomorrow. We leave you this morning with some music from ZZ top. Why? Uh, their bassist, Dusty Hill, passed away yesterday. He, he died in his sleep uh, at the age of just 72. One of the front men, along with Billy Gibbons uh, and, of course, drummer Frank Beard, ZZ Top, so many great hits uh, since being founded in 1969. And uh, uh, Gibbons and uh, Hill, of course, the two guys up in the front with the guitars, Hill, the bassist, Gibbons, the lead guitar player, both with those huge beards. Uh, but he died in his sleep yesterday. So in honor of the Rock and Roll Hall of Famer, Dusty Hill. Here's some ZZ Top on our way out. It's Sharp Dressed Man. Have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow. You've been listening to The Wake Up Call on Sports Country.